This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At Joy 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. This is the Informer Daily for Thursday, the 7th of May, 2020. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, it's Tourette Syndrome Awareness Week. It's a condition that impacts as many as one out of every hundred Australians. But there's a lot of misinformation and confusion about the syndrome. We speak to a specialist psychiatrist and to someone living with Tourette Syndrome. But first, this update. This is Dee Mason with Joy 94.9's COVID-19 update for Thursday the 7th of May. A mutated strain of COVID-19 is concerning researchers as initial tests are showing it's more contagious than the original virus, potentially undermining efforts to make a vaccine. The research is yet to be peer-reviewed, but it has been posted online by scientists in the United States and the United Kingdom. Some independent experts are calling the research impressive, while others are saying its conclusions aren't yet proven and should be treated with caution. Blood clotting in COVID-19 patients has experts worried about how the virus could be affecting people beyond respiratory problems. Early research and anecdotal evidence suggests COVID-19 causes blood clots which could damage vital organs such as the kidney, heart and brain. A case report recently published in the New England Journal of Medicine shows a cluster of young healthy people in New York with the virus suffering from strokes despite having no known risk factors. Federal Government is committing $63 million in additional funding to community legal services to help handle increased demand during the pandemic. Domestic violence support has been allocated around $20 million, while $30 million is going towards tenancy, workplace and insurance disputes. The remaining money will be used to upgrade IT. Poland's election, previously scheduled for this Sunday, has been postponed due to COVID-19. The ruling party leader and a partner in the governing coalition made the announcement together, saying a new date is yet to be selected. The current government initially attempted to keep the original date by making it a postal vote, but opponents suggested this solution would be improper and unfair. Opinion polls conducted in late April suggest only 30% of polls were likely to vote. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This week is Tourette Syndrome Awareness Week. To find out more, I spoke with Dr. Shannon Morton, who is a child and adolescent psychiatrist, about the syndrome. 
how many people does Tourette's syndrome affect in the Australian population? So Tourette's syndrome affects approximately 1% of the population. Um, it does occur in all different uh, cultures and, uh, I guess, heritages. Um, it's slightly more common in boys um, and it does tend to present early in childhood. So often the first symptoms are most common between the ages of four and seven and then symptoms will often peak at around puberty and then for the majority of people there'll be some improvement of symptoms as they go into adulthood but not for all so there is a proportion of people where their symptoms may actually worsen into adulthood. What sort of treatments are available? Well, there's a range of treatments available. Um, For about two-thirds of sufferers, they have a relatively mild course. So a lot of the treatment is really just reassurance and education uh, for the young person or or their family and other people around them. Um, So often the tics, you know, don't bother people when they're mild um, and it can be the other symptoms that go with it. So about 85% of people will have other symptoms um, related to conditions such as ADHD um, or obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety or depression. And often those symptoms actually cause more distress or disability than the tics themselves. So they may become the targets of treatment um, as the first point of call. So um, overall, there there are psychological or non-medication interventions, um, and that can involve uh, retraining of tics um, with competing um, other other responses. Um, And then we also obviously have psychological interventions for um, anxiety anxiety or ways of managing ADHD to help with learning. Um, Often there's lots of sensory type interventions because people with Tourette's syndrome can be sensory seekers. And so using sensory strategies can help distract from tics and can also help with relaxation. Um, And and definitely finding a peak focus state where somebody is relaxed but actively concentrating. So often that's doing something they love, like playing music or sport or doing art and they really immerse themselves in an activity. And you'll you'll notice that the tics often can disappear altogether during those times. So helping a, a person find what those peak states are for them is really a way of helping them find some relief. Um, There's also medications um, that are sometimes useful in the more moderate to severe uh, cases and at the very, very severe end of the continuum um, when we have, you know, I guess a risk of uh, injury or other kind of severe consequences from symptoms. uh, Very occasionally they use things like deep brain stimulation, which is where they put uh, electrodes into the brain and deliver small amounts of um, electricity into certain areas. It's very rare that 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 that's required though. So in most of the people or most of the population with Tourette syndrome, what what's actually happening? So for the majority, the most common tics are things like uh, throat clearing, sniffing, winking, grimacing, maybe head nodding. Um, you know, those are quite common. Sometimes it's um, coughing type noises. So particularly at this time with the pandemic, you know, obviously if you've got symptoms that are tics that may mimic uh, symptoms of infection or viruses, that can be really problematic out in public. Um, and particularly, rarely we have um, some cases where they have things like spitting ticks, which, you know, can get them in lots of trouble, particularly at this time when, you know, there's fines up to $13,000 for, for spitting in public. Um, so, and when we're not really clear on whether, you know, they, they, there's going to be exceptions to that rule for people with this involuntary neurological condition. That's Dr. Shannon Morton, child and adolescent psychiatrist.
I also spoke with Mel, who lives with Tourette syndrome, about their personal experience. When were you diagnosed with Tourette syndrome? Or when did you become aware that that might be a thing for oh. you? Oh. <laughs> so, um, funnily enough, I spent my whole life not knowing I had Tourette's um, until I was 29. Um, and I only found out because I was actually going out for a diagnosis of autism um, because I really struggled to connect with what people were telling me about myself um, and when I realised I think autism might fit that and I went and sought that diagnosis. I also, it was also, you know, informed to me that, um, hey, guess what? Tourette's is here. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And so all of a sudden I looked back upon my life and then I realised, oh, not everyone is doing these things that I am doing. Mm. These are funny little quirks are actually chicks uh, <laughs> and and some of the things that I'm doing are completely out of my control which really changed my perspective on mm. um, yeah on on, <laughs> on my life um, you know yeah. for, for example um, <laughs> for going like um, I, I used to work in an office um, and I recall once staying in a meeting um, like, you know, please don't call on me. I'll get really distressed. Um, and they did. They didn't listen to me because first they said, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. And they didn't. And I started ticking and my manager got really said, oh, look, um, you know, uh, you, you're doing this thing. And I go, yeah, they're ticks. They're out of my control. And then she said, mm, well, you're distressing everyone, so you better go home. And I'm like, well, will I get paid? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, Okay. Great, thanks. See ya. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously that's that's some outright discrimination. But mm. you know, at the same time, look, if you're going to pay me for just existing, <laughs> then by all means, please do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what sort of ticks do you have? So I have a uh, like. So in order to get a diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome, you need to have multiple complex tics. So, um, you know, tics can range from something really small, uh, like throat clearing, um, uh, you know, so vocal, vocal tics, yeah, throat clearing, small sounds, humming maybe. Uh, for me personally, I, I'm a whistler. I, I whistle. <laughs> I make <laughs> bird noises. <laughs> There's some, friend, some of my friends have dubbed some the pigeon and um, the owl, so <laughs> those, are, those are quite nice. Um, but my my vocal tics also range to the more complex, where I do say words and sentences, mm -hmm. uh, full sentences that don't necessarily make sense. Uh, when it comes to motor tics, um, I also can have something small that might just be a small hand movement. Um, I move my feet a lot. I move my hands a lot and mm -hmm. jig my head around um, to um, full body movements um, where I've almost popped out my shoulder um, and injured myself. Um, mm. It really, it, and these things aren't, they don't present as they are every day the same way. Mm -hmm. um, you the, the type of ticks you have, it does it does wax and wane, at least for me. So everyone's Tourette's will manifest differently. And for me, mine 
Yeah, they do. They wax and wound on days they're really big. Um, I find it quite distressing to be out, um, especially when I'm more at risk of hurting myself or hurting other people. So I don't generally go out from the mirror. Coprolalia is the, the vocal vocal manifestation of it, and copapraxia would be the physical, the uh, motor yep. manifestation of it, flipping someone off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, doing doing yeah, doing and saying inappropriate and vulgar things. So it's not always necessarily swearing, and I guess. There's a lot of misnomers out there. You know, we always think it's just swearing. And, you know, to be honest, I do I swear like a sailor. Yes. I'll never tell you if it's actually coprolalia or if it's just me <laughs> feeling the need to let you know how I feel. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, the, what I do, the, some of the things I do say are completely inappropriate. They might be sexist, racist, homophobic. Um, really dangerous. I've yelled out some really inappropriate things. I've yelled out things about having weapons on myself. Um, going to the airport is like an absolute horror for me. I am so petrified about what I might say and mm. what I might do. Um, you know, considering you, you just, you never know. What's going, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth. And even though I know it's out of my control and even though I know people around me might know that it's out of my control. A lot of the general public just doesn't understand it. So if I'm walking down the street and I've said something really rude and really inappropriate, I, I you know, I run the risk of someone taking offence to what I've said and then having a go mm. or, you know, trying to police me or something or just police <laughs> in general <laughs> coming at me. Yeah. Um, so how... So, what helps you cope way. with that? Oh. So it gets it it can it can get really hard. Um, you know, I I, I must admit I do I do therapy <laughs> a lot. I think I've got two therapists on the go at the same time. I'm polytherapist at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know, one of the things that I do talk about is um is how I really feel about my my lack of agency. I feel like I don't have control. We'll have more with Mel in a moment. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Continuing now our interview with Mel about Tourette syndrome. When you, when you're out in public and you've said something that has offended someone, and how do you manage that that interaction? <laughs> so, 
I have this, I have a tick that follows my tick and I'm unsure whether or not it stems from trauma or whether or not it stems from Tourette's. To be honest, I'm actually looking to, I'm, 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 I'm contemplating on an academic level whether or not there is trauma related to Tourette's mm-hmm. symptom. Um, is, uh, if I swear or if I tick, I'll usually apologize straight away. So I'll swear and then go, oh, I'm sorry. And then um, sometimes I'll say, I have Tourette's, please, you know. Um, mm. And, you know, majority of the time people say, it's okay, you don't have to apologize to me. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I have to say, hey, that's actually part of the chick. I'd love to not apologize to you because I don't feel like I need to apologize. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so, so just, you know, having this particular being, being this way, but... Um, you know, it comes, it comes part and parcel. So that's one of, you know, one of the many conversations that I have repeatedly with people is like, hey, I'd love to stop apologizing, <laughs> but I don't think I will. So you're just going to have to cop that too. You know. <laughs> and I would, how do you manage the difference between, you know, if, if, if we're, we're talking and you're suddenly making bird noises, which is quite funny, but where, how do you manage the, laughing with you versus laughing at you like where Oof. yeah Oof. <laughs> so um i don't i don't know if it, if the term if this is an actual term or a term that i've coined mm. i'd love to think i coined it because that would make me feel special um but uh have you heard it so there is there is a term called inspiration porn which generally refers to um use of people with a disability in, mm. in media, whatever, to, to elicit um, uh, an emotional response. You, you know, usually it's like, oh, oh, look at this person doing a thing. Um, for people with Tourette's and kids with Tourette's, um, I've seen it, I've seen us be exploited more in an entertainment way. So I call it entertainment porn. Mm. Um where um, I've tried to find peers online and I, instead I found groups of parents who are setting their children off and then posting videos of, of them ticking um, the comedic value so that everyone can laugh. And mm. I'm appalled, I'm so I'm going to say I don't care. <laughs> I've got copolalia, you can deal with it. Um, but yeah, I've... Yeah, I find it really appalling that people often, you know, mm. just they find us quite amusing. And the thing is, you the thing is, you've really got to think about is, you know, so for me in my life, so if I've if I've been saying if I've been ticking all day long, and all of the ticks that I've been saying have been mildly amusing, and everybody laughed through the whole day long, I've literally been laughed at the whole day long. It really affects your self-esteem, and it really affects um, how you feel because mm. you don't. Yeah, you know, I'm not a comedian. I mean, maybe I am, but um, not professionally. I'm not on a stage. I'm not. I'm not out here openly performing for you. Mm. I'm just existing with a, you know, with a disability essentially, or a, you know, or a neurological condition, and you know, people are laughing at that. You know. Um, I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't understand because it's like, do you, would you also laugh at someone having a seizure? 
you know, would mm. you also laugh at anyone else's disability? I mean, you know, there might be some people that are and they they might really want to take a long, hard look at themselves and, and maybe question their, their choices. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, it uh, even if it's seemingly, you know, harmless and you might... You might think, oh, hold, that was funny, and you've laughed once. You yeah. know, I've heard a hundred people laugh all day. Mm. You just, it's the death of a thousand cuts of, of feeling like I'm a joke and feeling like, um, you know, people won't take me seriously and feeling like um, you don't take my disability seriously. Like, if I had a huge motor tick and dislocated my shoulder, is that funny? You know, I don't. I don't particularly think it is, and so it can be quite hard. But you know, that being said, I do acknowledge there are some things that I find absolutely freaking hilarious that come out of my mouth, and there are going to be occasions where I might invite people into the joke. That's Mel speaking with me earlier today. This is the Informer Daily on Joy ninety four point nine and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. It's me, the fabulously furry Frock Hudson here, with your weekly roundup of queer entertainment that you can stream and enjoy from your very own home or device this weekend. As we've settled into home isolating, the bevy of options on offer every week has gotten bigger and bigger. So I'm only going to give you some highlights and delights that you can stream and enjoy. And you can check out the full list on my Facebook page. Just look up Frock Hudson on Facebook. Now, I know I say this every week, but it bears repeating. All times are in Australian Eastern Standard Time. So, if you're in another time zone in Australia or anywhere else in the world, please calculate your time zone for your enjoyment accordingly. All right, let's get to it. What's on this weekend, starting with Friday? From 7pm, Unicorns is taking over one of their favourite events and bringing it to the World Wide Web with unicorns, dating and friendship. During this evening, you'll go on a series of super sweet dates with unicorn attendees from all over the place. This could be your chance to meet your new bestie, ISO pen pal or forever lover on this digital date journey with the incomparable Delcy. You can date as a single or come along with your poly couple or triad. But just because it's online doesn't mean spots aren't limited. So you can grab your tickets at Unicorn Dating and Friendship online on Facebook. 
Then Friday from 8pm, entertainer Michael Dalton D-Dollies and joins Chapel Off Chapel on their Instagram live feed for a one-on-one with this cabaret comedian and fixture in Chapel's programming. I don't know about you, but I am very excited for Closet to be streaming into my home. This fabulous party for gays and those that love them is fantastic and will kick our weekend into high gear. Nick Spurway starts on the decks at 7pm with Dunny Minogue taking over from 9 till late. You can find all the details and how to join on Closet's Facebook page. Now let's dive into Saturday. Saturday's Drummond Street Services Queer Space hosts a free online exercise program in partnership with Fearless Movement Collective, which you can access on their Facebook page whenever you like. They're helping you put the physical into your physical distancing and getting your body moving in the space, speed and comfort that you need in your very own home. Betty Grumble is back Saturday night with Grumble and Friends from 8pm with a cyber-sensual whirlpool of dynamic divine entertainment with guests, DJs and more. Details can be found via Betty Grumble's Facebook page and Instagram feed. Then to Sunday and we're kicking it off very early in the morning. In the lead-up to Eurovision next weekend, the Spanish Leather and Fetish Club are hosting their own Eurofetish show contest with kinky community members from all around the world representing their country or others for public voting, just like Eurovision. Now, I know you're thinking, why, Frock? Why are you telling us about the Spanish Leather and Fetish Club? Well, the reason why is that there are two Aussies competing, but only one of them is competing to represent us here in Australia. I wonder if they'll reenact Dami M's classic Eurovision number in their own fetish style. You can watch it and join in all the fun and public voting from 5am Sunday morning at the Spanish Leather and Fetish Club Facebook page. Oof, I'm going to set the alarm for that one. Then Sunday at 2pm, Q News and Dr Fiona Bissop host a Doc Q live chat with HIV specialists Matthew Hodson and Bruce Richmond on the Q News Facebook page. If you've got any questions you'd like them to answer or are reluctant to ask them publicly in the messaging feed live on Sunday, you can email them in advance at destinyr at qnews.com.au. It's a great way that Q News are keeping everyone connected and informed during COVID. Then Trevor Ashley is back on Sunday night impersonating the biggest mother of them all, Cher, with a Mother's Day treat via his Facebook page live from 7.30. Just check out Trevor Ashley. And of course, be sure to tune in to Kerry and Dolly's House Party, streaming a live LGBTI variety hour right into your home every Tuesday and Thursday night from 7.30pm. I honestly love seeing this list get bigger and bigger every week, helping you connect to your LGBTIQA plus communities, as well as our allies. But I'm sure there's plenty that I miss out on, and if I have, why not let me know? Just shoot me a message via Facebook and let's keep the connections and entertainment going while physically distancing and sharing what's going on here on the Informer Daily. Because even though we're isolated, it doesn't mean you can't have a queer-tastic time connecting to your communities. This has been What's Happening This Weekend with Frock Hudson. I'll see you next week. That's all for us today. I'd like to thank everyone at Joy94.9 and the Community Radio Network for their help. I'm your host, Arian Potts. We'll be back tomorrow. Mahalo.
summer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.